Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. No. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. We're starting to get that part down, at least, the clap. Dude, we are fucking crushing the clap section. Except the the episode starts off with us fucking up that crapper. (laughs) The clap every time. The crapper? Oh, yeah, no. fucking up the old crap, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It is speaking of things we like and don't like. Welcome to the show, by the way. Yeah, uh, welcome everybody. Tom, okay, you're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. More of the second half than the first half. But uh, <laughs> when someone who is a free adult, free to use profanity, and uses it uh, uh, licentiously, when when someone who uses profanity does say something like crap. Not only is it funnier sometimes, has more power. More power is a word. Yeah. Well, it's two words. Oh, Are you using it as, as the one word, more power? I'm just saying, like, when someone says... Because there is... I feel like there is, there is a, a warlock named more power. A warlock? I feel like there should be. If oh, okay. There isn't. Well, if I ever find one. Oh, the mighty more power has shown up. Anyway, so keep going. What were you talking about? I'm more just power? Saying, oh, uh, crap. I'm saying crap. <laughs> Has more power. Sometimes. When it's for right. real. When it's for right. real. Right. If, 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 if somebody's using the word motherfucker and cunt and cock all the time, and then they use the word crap, it's funnier than if somebody who doesn't swear at all uses the word crap. <laughs> like your, your mom. You can just... <laughs> right. <laughs> You can just really tell that it's serious. Like, I was, what's that place in Texas where you get the? Um, it's that big stop out of Dallas where you get the Polish. Um, it's like bread with meat and cheese in it. Yeah, the check stop. The check stop. Yeah, yeah. I was at the check stop once on tour, and I was walking out back towards the van, and I saw this large woman, blonde-haired woman, get out of her car, and she swung the door shut, and before the door could even shut. Something it, it's forever a mystery, mystery to me. Something horrible dawned on her. I don't know if it was <laughs> I left the oven on. I didn't pay the gas bill. I left my kid uh, in the in the lion's den. But the time she swung the door and the time that it closed, she she said this. Oh crap! It was so loud and so <laughs> real, right? That I thought, man, some shit really went down with her. And then, of course, she went inside and got a bunch of fucking baked goods before she headed back to where she was. Well, I, here's what I do know. The finality, the oh crap had such a feudal finality to it that I know that there was nothing she could do in that moment to fix it. Oh, so she just re- resigned herself to going in and eating she was gonna get 2,000 col- calories worth kolache. of kolaches. Yeah. Oh, crap. Well. It was a really good oh crap. There's not a lot of thin people in that line at Check Stop, by There's the way. There's not a lot of thin people in the, in the world anymore. 
Man, the check stop used to be my favorite stop on the way to Dallas. It was the thing I looked forward to the most. And I, think- I would... We would hit it on the way to Dallas and on the way home. And on the way home, I would always get a giant box of kolaches and pecan rolls. And uh, with the idea, like, I'm taking these home to my family to eat. These aren't for me. These are for my family, these 12 kolaches. And I would eat all 12. (laughs) Yeah, what a sweetheart. I would eat all 12 in the next, as soon as I could eat them, in the next 25 to 35 minutes, they'd be gone. One after another, into the body. But so, are, are you saying that you've been uh, not doing that? Is that what the, is that where the story's going? We haven't stopped it at Check Stop now for a couple years. We just don't do it anymore. I don't know if it's 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 not good. Here, I, and I don't know if this makes you feel any better about it, but I thought that place was overrated. I didn't. I love those kolaches. People there. really flip about that shit. Well, you got to get the right thing too. You probably got the savory kolache, which I, I, I did. I've never liked. I always got like the ham and cheese one. Ugh, yeah. I don't, I'm not a savory kolache guy. I like the pecan roll, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just some sort of pecan spread inside of a roll. And then the cream cheese kolaches are to die for. They're amazing. And then all their stuff. They got cookies. Everything they make is amazing. But it turns you into a fat, horrible, self-hating piece of shit so we don't go there anymore (laughs) did that did that solve all those problems i'm I'm not okay yeah did that solve any of those problems not going to the check stop still fat still hate myself still not okay (laughs) but i would be i you know add 50 pounds to where i'm at so and then that's what continuing to go to check stop and then me getting out of the van and going, Oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not, I'm not a woman. I'm a fully fat old man. So it's really some of the, some of the best news about not being okay. Really? I really believe this is that no one else is either. Yeah, it is true. Even the, I mean, people are just pretending. If you see something that's happy, they're pretending. There's a few people that I think might be happy. The first one that comes to, let's name a few people we think are truly happy. Dumb first, people. First one, no, like first, retards, first, slow tards. First one that comes to mind for me, I don't know why, but I'm. This is the first name that arose in my mind. David Beckham, probably a happy dude. No, he's definitely not happy. Good God, that guy is that guy is not happy. What's to what's to be unhappy about? If you're uh, David Beckham. Have who's that woman he's married to? No, he's not happy. No. She's consi- she's considered one of the most beautiful women in the world. Have you seen her? I I don't know. No, I, I haven't seen her. She's not pretty. The and she's the, old now. She's super old. Girl. Yeah, okay. s- s- Scary Spice, whatever her name is. She's horrible. She's not she's Scary gross. Spice. Scary Spice was the black chick. Oh, she's I like that chick. I think she's hot. That she's chick, like 50 and she's hot. That chick's doing like American Idol or something now. Yeah, I would date her in a second. No, the chick that David Beckham's married to has got like, she's like veiny, fake boobs. She's gross. No problem No, he's so not, far. no. Okay. No problem right, so, so we've, far. We've... We figured out he's not happy. Who else is the next person who's not happy that you mm. think might be happy? 
Well, now you have to say one. I don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some well, like I, a, like somebody with Down syndrome might well, be happy. I, I agree until with you. they're not happy, and then they're really not happy. Well, well, I agree with you about one part of this. I don't know anyone. Like everyone I know is not. But I'm thinking of people I don't know who I imagine are. I will say this. People that live to be really, really old, like anybody that makes it into the 90s and above, they have a pretty good disposition. If you talk to any of those people, they're like, yeah, that's they never complain. Those people that live that long don't complain. So, you know, I'm not going to live that long. You know who I do think is genuinely happy is the drummer for the Dave Matthews Band. If you go, if should you choose to do this, and I understand why you or others might not, if you choose to go down the YouTube vortex of Dave Matthews Band, maybe you want to watch a little video from Farm Aid 95. Maybe you want to watch them at the Gorge in 2010. Maybe you want to see what they were doing last month over at the Alpine Valley Amphitheater. These are, these are the things that I do in my spare time. And that motherfucker is smiling... Through the decades, through the years, happily. It looks real. Well, we were on tour with him for two and a half months. And every single... He smiled the whole time. Every single day of that tour, that drummer, every time I saw him, he had a beautiful, blonde, different girl. Every day, every single day. Beautiful. As beautiful as anybody I've ever seen. Young, beautiful, different. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Easy breezy, beautiful blonde cover girl, and a bottle of sipping whiskey. So he was banging his way through the world <laughs> and having some sipping whiskey. So yeah, he's what probably a, pretty happy. What is sipping whiskey? That's just a bottle of whiskey that's where the where it's been, you know, where it's it's the the label's been cracked on it. Mm-hmm. So the and it's a twister, twist off. Well, top. Well, tell me this. In general, how full or empty was the bottle? Not empty and not full. Just, you know, with a couple <laughs> pulls off of it and then just sitting there. So there was plenty to last throughout the night. And, uh, you know, not, nothing to be like, oh, I got to get on this whiskey. No, I'll just get to it when I get to it. That kind of whiskey. I'm too busy smiling. I'm when too I'm- busy <laughs> banging my way through the goddamn world. Back he, in '95, when he, that's when I saw him, is '94, '95. Well, I, I don't. I, I can't imagine you can do that forever. I mean, eventually you end up in, turning into Gene Simmons, but I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing now. A friend of mine uh, has this story. He's a little bit older than me. About before Dave Matthews, it's probably before you were touring with him. This is like before he got big. He was playing a small club in Birmingham that maybe had 300 people, but it was packed, and. These were all like college age people at the time. It was maybe 92. And uh, the only way off the stage, and I've played many places like this, I'm sure you have too. Like the only way to get done is to walk through the crowd. Yeah. You ever played those? Oh, yeah. It's like you guys couldn't have, this is a live music venue, right? You, you couldn't have engineered this any differently. Anyway. No, there's, there's a very famous club that you've probably played with me called Green Hall. Yeah, Green Hall. And uh, there is no backstage door at green hall there's just the they, ma- there's the men's bathroom no, well the, the, there's no there's no backstage green room right but there's no way to get to where you go onto the stage without going through the audience now they do have a door that they 
created when Willie Nelson played there called Willie's Door, where they just cut a hole in the wall <laughs> so that he could go in. And then as soon as he was done playing, they, you know, nailed it all up. So it's, you can't you can't use that well, you, hole. You, you can't use created. it because it's to the exact shape of Willie Nelson. So. <laughs> right. And he's <laughs> tiny. They just insured. He looks big. Right. He looks bigger on stage, but he's only three foot two. Yeah, that that's place. Why, that place is weird. There's a little holding area that you can dip out to on stage left, but it's where the men's bathroom is. So you're just right. standing there watching a bunch of dudes urinate into a fucking pig trough. Yeah, that's what it is. But it's a cool place, and there's no air conditioning either. So if you play there in July or August or September or June, it's 100 degrees in there. It's crazy. But it's it's a cool place. I mean, it really, it's one of my favorite places to play. Well, check this story out. Let me finish this story up. I have a feeling you'll like this story. So my friend, this dude I know, is there at this small club with Dave Math- the Dave Matthews Band. And they get done, and they have to walk through the crowd to get out. And he said, you know, this is like right before they blew up. Everyone was going crazy. Like, you could just tell it was about to happen and all this stuff. There was, a, you know, an energy in the room. And this dude said, <laughs> Dave Matthews walked by him and his girlfriend, and they're just kind of like jaw open, like, oh, this, we're amazed that this dude's right here next to us. And he said he, he didn't know this was my friend's girlfriend, but he took her and gave her like this huge Hollywood kiss <laughs> and then just split. And they got in a van and drove away. Yeah, I was like, dude, were you mad? Like, what'd you do? He was like, dude, I just, I was in shock. I just watched it happen. I was like, that's the way he. I was like, the way he do it. I was like, what did she say? He was like, she loved it. (laughs) That's the way Dave does it. I mean, I don't have that kind of moxie. Well, I have that moxie right when I get off stage. When you get off stage after you've rocked a house, you can kind of do anything. Like that's that's the only that's the only time I feel like a superhero is right when I finish playing. I don't feel that way any other time. I don't feel that way before the show. I don't feel it outside of a club. What's the like su- in real life? Right. Like what's the superhero feeling on a level three thousand of Candy Crush? Bad news. Not not great. No, you feel real bad. But the good thing is you're not feeling anything. So you're actually, it's zero. You're feeling zero, which Which, is good. Which is good. That's progress, right? Zero is the best feeling. Like, that's why, that's like, it's the same feeling, like, that you have when you're, like, ejaculating. Uh, That zero feeling, and then, of course, the shame follows right afterwards so as soon as you put the candy crush away and you realized oh my god i just spent eight hours on candy crush that i'll never get back i just wanted to put a marker in the sand here zero as progress is a great band name not bad um the next thing i want to say is yeah the shame that follows that moment that you just described the speed at which it corrupts your entire body and mind is really admirable and uncanny and amazing well i will say this here's here's the other part of that because there are different levels of shame when it comes are you we're, are we talking about ejaculation and then the shame that follows ejaculation <laughs> yes we are okay so here's here's my theory oh, thank you for that. thank you for clarifying so this i will so say clinical. this it, well, it's, uh, everything's very clinical. It's all math, really. Life is all math. So here's the math on that. 
however much you had to lie and be deceitful to achieve said orgasm is the direct amount of shame that you will feel as soon as you ejaculate. Now, if you could get to that ejaculation point without doing anything deceitful, and I'm talking about like, it could be as small as like, hey, I'm just going to head over to the bathroom for a minute, make a poo-poo. But you're not going to the bathroom to make a poo-poo. You're going to the bathroom to rub one out. You're going to feel a little bit of shame because you're like, oh, I just lied to everybody about making a poo-poo when really all I wanted to well, do was uh, hold on, hold on. I'm Hold on. I'm detecting some flaws here. Although this, okay. this is mostly ringing true for me. Now, now. And then. What are you supposed that, to do? So Tell, that's, that's supposed, the least to... amount of shame to the most amount of shame, hold which on. is like, I love you. Suck my dick because I love you and I want to marry you. And then, oh, no, I don't want to marry you or even be around you. Lots of shame. Well, of course. That's shameful. But what are you supposed to do in the first scenario? Tell everyone what's going on? Is that Do they need to know that? Do they want to know that? <laughs> well, no. So that's, yeah, well, that, that's a young man's... That's a young man doing that. Well, I first of all, you know, you, know, you know how I know it's a young man? Because he's doing it in a bathroom. Don't do that in a bathroom. On a toilet. I know, but when you're young, like... When you're like in high school, when you're young, you'll do it anywhere. You have to, you have to jack off all the time. You really I do. Mean, like, I mean, it's like I gotta go jack off <laughs> right now. So I, I gotta have a story, which is I can't use the shower story because I already used up the shower story this morning when I took a shower and I jacked off. So now I gotta make up the poo poo story. Yeah. So that they'll throw people off the scent. But it's not throwing anybody off the scent. As soon as you say I gotta go make a poo poo, everybody knows, oh, you're gonna go jack off. Here, here was a here, <laughs> here was a popular saying in my house growing up, uh, when I would be in the bathroom for a long time. Uh you <laughs> You fall in in there? <laughs> It'll be like, yes, I fell in. <laughs> and I'm never coming out. <laughs> you got to do it with the Alabama accent, though. All right, all right here we go. Here we go. <sighs> this is me. Yeah? Well, I don't mean to be telling tales at the school, but... Uh, I reckon you done fell in the toilet bowl. Just checking on you. That's everybody in Alabama talks that way. Well, I'm just checking on you now. We love you now. Making sure you're not touching yourself in there. That's all. <clears throat> oh, we got a. It looks like we got a special guest here with us today on I'm Okay, You're Okay. Oh, you're boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's welcome him to the studio. Uh, and uh, I guess Clint, you got to go make a poo poo. So I'll I'll just interview him while you're gone. Um, please welcome to the studio uh, the youngest, oldest man in the world. Hey, how's it going? Well, how tickled to death to be here. Now, is that your phone, youngest, oldest man? Uh, what's that? What'd you say there? I can't hear so good. I heard a I heard a jink. I thought it was your phone, but maybe it was something else. Who knows? Well, I got all six of my hearing aids turned on, and I don't believe I've heard a single bit of it. <laughs> well, there you go. So uh, I'm glad to glad to have you on the show today. Uh, a lot of people are interested. I, y- y- you look real old. You y- you look like you're right on death's door now. I, I, I don't mean to be presumptuous, so I, I I know you're pretty young for as old as you look. Are, are you look like you're close to a hundred. 
So are you like, what are you like in your late seventies, early eighties? Well, I don't deny it. I don't deny it. I've done a lot of living. Uh, I've seen a lot of things and, uh, hell, I reckon I could write a book the size of Mississippi with the things that I've seen and done and did. But, uh, hold on. Let me, if I was going to tell you how old I am, uh, it's been quite a few years since I, uh, did the math here. Let's see. One, two, born in December. I mean, were, were you born before World War II? No, no, hell's no. I reckon I was born right about the time that, uh, Nirvana came out with that song, Smells Like Teen Spirit. I believe, uh. Nineteen and ninety-one. <laughs> so how old are you? Twenty-six. <laughs> well, if I, if I, yeah, I believe I'm twenty-six years old. Good next, God. next Tuesday. No, you might want to, might want to clean up your act a little there, youngest, oldest man. Where are uh, you from? Uh, Battle of Battery, Alabama. Where? Battle of Battery, Alabama. That's. Is that Alabama somewhere? <laughs> Is that a place in Alabama? Well, absolutely. It's in Balabacha, that is that. Well, that's interesting. And now, where do you? And somebody told me that you're uh, you work at a place called uh, some kind of a plumbing place or a hardware store. Where? where yeah, do you I work? work for. Yeah, I worked for one uh, mentor in my life, old man Gaffney, and uh, he taught me the ways of the plum. And so I, I reckon I spend most of my professional days doing plumbing over at Gaffney Plumbing. Oh, yeah, I've heard, yeah, I, I think I've seen one of their commercials, right? Yeah, you may have seen one of the commercials. If the pops are humming, call Gaffney Plumbing. So, yeah, if the, if the what is it? If the, if the what's humming? If the pops are humming, call Gaffney Holding. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's what it is. If the pipe, yeah, yeah. If the pipes are humming, call Gaffney Plumbing. Now wait a minute. I got. To, I need to let you go here for a minute. I got to go check on Clint. Apparently, he's been in the bathroom too long. Hold on one second. Clint. Clint. How's bells? You fall in. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. There's the uh, youngest, oldest man. Good <clears throat> to have him in the studio. I'm back. What I miss? Well, not much. <laughs> Smells like smells like someone's been farting in my chair for the last five minutes. Smells like teen, yeah. Smells like teen smirit. 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 There you go. All right, Gaffney. Smells like smells like teen. Smells like teen smirit in here. I love that song by Nirkana called "Smells Like Teen Smirit." I remember when I first heard that. Ironically, there's a what is that song? A mulatto. He got a gun. And his favorite songs, Got a Guns. I don't remember it. That's not how it goes. <laughs> he knows our favorite songs. He sings our favorite songs. He's got a gun. <laughs> God. Cool, man. <laughs> Never harmed her. <laughs> Nervine. I think you're writing the next indie hit. I don't know. So should we talk about? All right, let's talk about Castle Rock. Have you seen this show on Hulu? No, I don't. I'd stay. Is this a Stephen King thing? It's a Stephen King series. It's supposed to be. Here's the. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it it has every uh, episode like rated, and the first episode's rated at like seventy six, and the second one's rated even lower, maybe, and then. 
the third episode's like a hundred percent. The fourth, it's a hundred, hundred. Like they just all the say. I guess after the third episode gets really good, but I watched the first episode and it was pretty rough. Hmm. Okay, so so far I'm not rushing to my Roku. No. So I do want to. So it's not good. Uh, the first episode was tough to watch. I didn't like it, but like I said, it's supposed to get really good. So. I don't know. That might be something to check out. The other thing I heard that I like is uh, I heard this interview with Bo Burnham. We talked about uh, that movie that he made, Eighth Grade, on the uh, first podcast, Mm -hmm. which I still highly recommend. But I heard him interviewed, and good God, talking about one smart, geniusy motherfucker. God damn it. What's he saying that's so smart? Well, he just knows what he's doing. Like he's aware of what he's aware of why what he's doing works. Which is never I've never known why anything that I do why it works or why it doesn't work. And I've never really spent any time thinking about it. I just do. I just talk and say and write and make because it feels good and I like doing it, but I've never like stopped and like looked at it critically and gone, Hmm, why is it that this works? And why is it that this doesn't work so well? Yeah. And this, this motherfucker knows all of that. It's crazy. Yeah. People who kind of seem to know things like that at that level really fascinate me. Cause I'm similar to you. I, I'm too close to most of the things that I create to know if it's what's really working or not. And like you, I write and make a lot of different kinds of things. So I don't know. Well, I know that the reason that I make stuff is the same reason I play Candy Crush. It's just to avoid kind of dealing with life, really. So like if I sit down to write a song, it's like solving a a little math problem or it's like solving a, a little puzzle creating this song. And it takes me out of, oh, I'm in a fucking on a ball of rock hurtling through space and I'm going to die and I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I don't have to think about that for a second and I can work on this puzzle. Right. But this guy gets way beyond that and, and looks at it critically and then figures out everything and then, you know, makes this amazing art because of it. But it's, it's made me think like, Oh, maybe you should stop and look at what you're doing critically in that way. And maybe you would be more successful if you did that. Right. Well, maybe. I, I'll never I'll never do that though. But it was interesting. Yeah. What's that about. what's that guy's name again? Bo Burnham. Okay. Yeah, I need to check that movie out. It's hard to find time to go to the movies. And it's goddamn expensive. Yeah, it is hard. I mean when you're when you're I mean you're working, you got a you got a kid and you're married, so there's not a lot of free time. No. And if you if you were just told your wife, hey, I'm going to go see a movie. Yeah, that didn't She'd work. She'd be like, no. No, you're not. <laughs> no. Oh, cool. No. Mm, no. Because, I-, I mean, I mean, and I get it, because you're gone a lot. You're, you know, you're working, you're gone, so when you're there, you can't just be fucking around going well, to see a movie. What I what I've tried to do, and I've, I'm not perfect at it, but I've gotten better at it, is... I just make sure that anytime I'm here and everyone's up, that I'm around and present and doing stuff with them. Right. And you just have to, I have to relegate a lot of that kind of like personal me time or time that I 
make my because I'm extremely introverted, and so I need a lot of alone time to get charged up. So, but I, it just means I have to basically do that late at night. But the problem is, I'm more tired than I've ever been. Right. So it's a weird. There's a balance there somewhere that I'm not great at. Well, that that spending time with your family and being present goes a long way. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. I do spend most of that time in the bathroom. Is that, is that, is that cool? <laughs> when you, so when you say being present and spending time with your family, you mean peacing out and, right. and not spending any time with your family. Well, by present, I mean masturbating about my family and my, my penis. <laughs> <laughs> and by your family, you mean your balls. Yeah, my, just my genitalia, all of my genitalia. <laughs> What do you do? You have a name for your genitalia? <laughs> no, I called mine the wild turkey. Wow. Yeah. Like okay. Well. Yeah. That's In cool. the wild too. <laughs> no, I don't. That's, that's cool. a joke, but okay. it's not a funny joke. No. Nope. No. It was a funny joke at one point. I told it, and it was funny. But when I just told it now, it wasn't. When you tell jokes on stage to your audience. Now, try to thread this needle here. First of all, you are super funny, but no one's 100% funny. You got you to gotta hit and miss some. But your audience are so primed to like you, and to, they already know you're fu- generally funny. You can pretty much say and do whatever the fuck you want, and you're going to get laughs on a stage at your show. Don't you think? No, I, because I will say some shit that's real fucked up sometimes. And, and I have noticed in the last year or two, people have started to fight me a little bit. Well, I would draw, I would draw because uh, I've seen you play when I'm not playing with you. I would, I would say there's a difference between when you're trying to be purely funny and when you go into the, the dark black hole and you're doing the, they're all going to hate me anyway, let's just get to the end of it. That's a whole different thing. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say some stuff. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, yeah, the the audience. I will. I agree with you about the audience. The audience that comes to see me play, they like me, and if the audience likes you, they will laugh. Right. And if they don't like you, it doesn't matter how funny you are; they're not laughing. Yeah, that's true. Until you might, until really, you have to say something that's so funny that they start liking you, and then they'll start laughing. You can you you can get them on your side, but it's uphill for sure. But I'll say this too that I think is important: being likable. It's not like that's just like winning the lottery. Like you have to to be likable is an achievement. It's not like you get up there and they're like, "Oh, they just decided to like him because he's good looking." Therefore, he can say a bunch of unfunny shit and get away with it. I don't think that's true. You can yeah. tell you can tell when someone's a killer when they're not a killer. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's true. But on that note, we got to go. We're out of time. All right. Well, this has been. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're definitely not okay. I'm one of your hosts, Clint Wells. I'm Bob Schneider. We'll see you on the flip flop. Peace. <laughs>